You are listening to the Stand with Dignity podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. Let me first of all say good afternoon to each of you and to thank Muslims for Peace as well as Stand for Dignity for the invitation to stand here before you today. I do not take that lightly, but I count it an honor and a privilege. And I want to thank especially Mustafa Abdi for your generosity, your hospitality, and for all what you have done in this invitation and for being a gracious host to me on yesterday. I thank God for the president of Imam Hussein Day, uh, Jafar Navki, Nakvi. I know I've messed the name up, but I thank God for you, for your spirit and the love that you share, as well as for the founder of this great day, Dr. Mansur Rizvi. You have been a jewel to this community, and the short while that I have come to know you, I have nothing but honor and respect for you. May you continue to stand for truth, justice, and equality. As I am a a black Baptist preacher, I do believe in the power of prayer, but I also believe in my tradition of what we call the call and response, meaning that as I say something that you agree with, it's all right to say amen, or to wave your hand, clap your hands, or whatever, and just to act like you're in a black Baptist church for just a moment. Let us begin with the word of prayer. I will lift up mine eyes into the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Eternal God, our Father, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer, anoint thy servant from on high to speak your holy word and to speak a word of inspiration and motivation and encouragement about your servant, Imam Hussein. Prepare the hearts and minds of these thy people to hear, to receive, and to become doers of your holy word. Hear our prayer and accept our petition. In the precious name of Jesus the Christ, we pray and give thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Last night after talking with Mustafa Abdi, I decided by the power of God to alter my remarks, and so I was up until 3 o'clock this morning rewriting what I had planned on saying. So what you have today is fresh off the press. (laughs) Salam alaikum, my brothers and sisters. I want to talk today from the subject, when God is on our side, spiritual strength and resilience. When God is on our side, spiritual strength and resilience. Today we gather in this hallowed and sacred place here in Somerset, New Jersey, to lift up the life, the love, and the legacy of Imam Hussein. We lift up Imam Hussein as a martyr who was killed on October 10th, 680 CE, fighting against tyranny, oppression, injustice, and downright evil. Because of 
his strong faith in God, and his unwavering commitment to the principles of Islam as taught by his blessed grandfather, the Honorable Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Imam Hussein could not and would not condone and support the evil and wicked, wicked caliph Yazid. Even though he knew he would be killed, resisting tyranny and oppression, Imam Hussein stood on spiritual principle and high moral ground by refusing to negotiate his spiritual integrity. There are some things in life which are non-negotiable. Your morals, your values, your ethics, your principles, and your faith are all non-negotiable. So why then is a black Baptist preacher from Detroit standing before you today in a Muslim banquet hall, a Muslim mosque here in New Jersey, lifting up a Muslim leader, someone who is different from me, who practiced a different religion from me, who came from a different country and culture from me? Why would I, as a black Baptist preacher, stand here today to lift up someone from a different faith? Well, in case you have forgotten, or for those who may not know, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam all worship the God of Abraham. We are all cousins, if you will, who worship the same God. Whether we call him Yahweh, Jehovah, Allah, or Jesus the Christ, the God that I serve is the same God that Imam Hussein served and the same God who all of us serve today. Furthermore, the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who I have patterned my life after, said that the true measure of a man is not where he stands in times of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. He also said, if a man has not found something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live. <laughs> Imam Hussein showed the world back in 680 AD that he stood for something that he was worth dying for. He told the world that he would stand up for freedom, Islam, justice, equality, and righteousness. And when God is on our side, he will give us that spiritual strength, that resilience in that day, and in this day, to always stand up for what we believe in, to always stand up for what is right, to always stand up for what is just, to always stand up for what is holy. I might add today that we must always remember that the God that I serve has given us a spirit on the inside. We call him the Holy Spirit. But whoever you call him, it is the spirit of God that resides in each of us. There is something on the inside of all of us that connects us to God Almighty. There is something on the inside of us that causes us to fight against injustice and oppression. 
There is something on the inside of each of us that causes us to reach out to our brothers and our sisters. There is something on the inside of us that even causes us to reach out to those who are different from us. There is a song that we sing in the Baptist church that says preachers and teachers would make their appeal fighting like soldiers on great battlefields. When to their pleadings my poor heart did yield, all I could say is that there is something within. I met God one morning, my soul feeling bad, heart heavy laden with a bowed down head. He lifted my burdens and made me so glad. All I can say is that there is something within. Have you that something, that burning desire? Have you that something that never doth tire? Oh, if you have it, that heavenly fire, then let the world know that there is something within. Something within me that holdeth the rain. Something within me that banishes pain. Something within me that I cannot explain. All that I know is that there is something within. So what can a black Baptist preacher from Detroit say to the Muslim community here in New Jersey and those watching worldwide on YouTube about Imam Hussein. Well, I would not insult your intelligence by recalling in full detail the story of his tragic death. There are Muslim scholars here today, one who shall come after me and those that have come before me and those of you sitting in this room today who can tell me more about the story of Imam Hussein than I can tell about you. There are those here today that can tell me about Imam Hussein and the 72 followers who stood against Yazid and there were those who fought against the 30,000 soldiers and how he was killed along with his six-month-old son Ali and his wife and so many others. Yes, you could tell me how Imam Hussein's death has turned up and has turned into a rallying cry that helped undermine the Umayyad Caliphate's legitimacy and ultimately its overthrow by the Abbasid Revolution. Yes, you could tell me how Imam Hussein's death was decisive in shaping Islamic and Shia history and how his stand against Yazid became a symbol of resistance inspiring future uprising against oppression and injustice. Yes, I could become a student of you and each of you could let me know how Nelson Mandela, how Mahatma Gandhi, stood and said how Imam Hussein inspired them. I had the honor of meeting the Honorable Nelson Mandela in Los Angeles, California in 1990. As I stood in the presence of greatness, I had the audacity to say, Mr. Mandela, I thank you for what you have stood for in showing us how to stand against oppression. And in his humble voice, he looked at me and he said, no, Reverend, I thank you for standing with the people of oppression all around the world. And I thank you for what you stand for here in Los Angeles. It touched my heart and it humbled my spirit. Yes, when I look at the fact 
that Imam Hussein inspired Mahatma Gandhi directly. It lets me know that he also inspired Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Because Dr. King talked about how Mahatma Gandhi inspired him to stand against oppression here in America. He talked about Henry David Thoreau essay on civil disobedience and how Mahatma Gandhi's nonviolent march and nonviolent protest inspired him. Well, if that came from Imam Hussein, then there was direct correlation between Dr. King and Imam Hussein. I stand today. I stand today to let you know that as long as I have breath in my body, I will lift up the name of Imam Hussein. And as long as I have breath in my body, I will tell the world that he was a man that stood against tyranny. He was a man that stood against injustice. He was a man that stood against oppression. And I will do all what I can to let the world know that we must remember and revere and honor and respect this man, this holy man, this holy prophet, this man called Imam Hussein. Yes, my brothers and my sisters, what can I say? What can I say about this holy man who I never heard about until January of 2019? How did I come to know him? How did I come to respect him? How did I come to honor him? Well, it was through Imam Syed Hassan Kazwini who first told me about Imam Hussein. Imam Kazwini, who I've known down through the years in Detroit and Dearborn, invited me to be the keynote speaker for the Martin Luther King Jr. celebration at the Islamic Institute of America in Dearborn Heights, Michigan. After my keynote address, he asked me if I had ever heard of Imam Hussein. I said reluctantly and ashamedly, I should say, that no, I've never heard of Imam Hussein. He said to me, he said, well, in our tradition, he is our Martin Luther King Jr. He said, because just as you lift up Dr. King, who stood against oppression and racism here in America, he said Imam Hussein stood against oppression and tyranny many, many years ago. And so because you've never heard of him, he said, you now must go to Karbala and you must learn for yourself about this great holy man, Imam Hussein. That was in January of 2019. Well, guess what? In April of 2019, just three months later, my wife and I found ourselves on a plane headed to Karbala, Iraq. And there we were from April the 28th until May the 6th, 2019. And the rest is history. Yes, I could tell you about when I looked and saw the river Euphrates. I could tell you about standing there throughout Iraq. I could tell you about going to Najaf and seeing the largest cemetery in the world, the Muslim cemetery, the Valley of Peace. I, I could tell you about all of those things. I, I could tell you about meeting great sheiks and great imams and great ayatollahs. But the thing that stood out the most 
was when I went to the shrine of Imam Hussein. When I stood there, I felt the very presence of God. I never shall forget when my wife and I stood there on the plaza and I saw thousands of pilgrims standing there, lining up and weeping and wailing, trying to get in to be able to touch that holy tomb. And I did not realize until I walked in exactly the feeling that they had. When I walked in there, I felt the power of God descend upon me. I looked around and I saw people weeping and wailing. When I got close enough to the tomb, they said, if you're not a Muslim, we will not allow you to go in. But I stood there at the doorway and I stood on the doorpost and I put my hand on the door because I said, if I can't go in, I can at least touch this place that houses this holy and this righteous man of God. And so I laid my hands. Oh, help me, somebody. I laid my hands upon the doorpost. And as I laid my hand on the doorpost, something came through my body. And I felt the power of God transcend to me. As I was standing there, tears began to stream down my face. And I felt a special connection with Imam Hussein. My wife on the other side, for the interest for women, she did not get the memo that you're not allowed to go in. And so we went around on the other side looking for my wife, and I found out to my surprise, she was inside the tomb, standing there weeping and wailing like everyone else. When she came out, I said, do you not realize you were not supposed to go inside there. That's only reserved for Muslims. She said, I was drawn into the place. And I had to go in. And I had to feel the presence of God myself. All I can say to you today, my brothers and my sisters, if you've never ever been to Karbala, Iraq, you need to make plans to go now. Because while there in Karbala, I never felt any fear before I went, there was a sense of fear as to what to expect in Iraq. Because all I had heard about was Saddam Hussein. All my church members had heard about was all the violence and terror there coming from Iraq. And the terrorists and the people there and all things in terms of Al-Qaeda. And yet when I got there to Kabbalah, I did not feel any sense of fear. All I felt was brotherhood. All I felt was a sense of godliness. All I felt was a great strong embrace from the Muslim people there in Karbala. They treated my wife and me as if we were dignitaries. They treated us with respect and they embraced us. And so I charge you today, those watching on YouTube, those in this room here in Somerset, New Jersey, make plans now. Go to Karbala. Make your pilgrimage there. And then you can feel exactly what I felt. Then you will experience exactly what I experienced. So what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? What do I say about this holy and righteous man? I must say to you that as I stood there in Karbala, I saw and was mesmerized by the devotion of the pilgrims who wept profusely as they touched the tomb. I've been inspired both in Dearborn Heights and in Orlando, Florida, 
when I spoke there in October, November of 2019, and now here in Somerset, New Jersey, by the commitment and devotion that all of you have to this holy man of God. It lets me know that those of us in the black church tradition, those of us who are young and who are old, we could take a lesson from you in terms of your faith, your commitment, your devotion, and how you respect your holy leaders. There was a day when the black church stood against oppression. There was a day in which we were united as one when we were openly oppressed because of racism in America. But all of a sudden, because we started getting a little power, all of a sudden, when we started rising up, we began to forget about what brought us over. We began to forget the black church that brought us through. And so now we cannot get our people to come to church like you feel the mosque. We cannot get our people because they would rather watch sports on television. They'd rather go out to the beach rather than to come to the house of God and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. But I got news for you today. We need to understand and recognize that when God has been on your side, when God has brought you through slavery, through Jim Crow laws, when God has delivered you, you can never, ever forget the God that brought you over. I charge us today to never, ever forget that it was God who brought us through. And it was God who brought Imam Hussein through. And God Almighty will continue to keep us. Let us never forget that here in America, black folk are still looked upon as three-fifths of a person. Article 1, Section 2, Paragraph 3 of the United States Constitution says Negro slaves shall be considered three-fifths of all other persons. When I look at the economics the black median family income today hovers around 57 to 60 percent of the white median family income. When you convert decimals to fractions or fractions to decimal, 20 goes into 63 times. 20 goes into 105 times. There you have it. The black median family income is still three-fifths, letting us know that we are still looked upon as three-fifths of a person. So as I prepare to leave you today, as I prepare to board a flight and fly back to Detroit so I can preach in my pulpit on tomorrow morning, I now must ask the question, what happens when God is on our side? How do we honor the legacy of Humam Hussein? I say to you today that we must always fight oppression and tyranny and injustice of every kind. When God is on our side, we must not be afraid to stand up and fight injustice and oppression right here in America. We must fight those who seek to overthrow democracy, including Donald Trump. We must stand up against white nationalism, white supremacy, and those who spew hatred, venom, racism, sexism, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, and other hate speech. 
We must stand tall using nonviolence as our weapon. Marches, peaceful protests like Dr. King, Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela. We must use the principles of Imam Hussein and those of the Prophet Muhammad and those of Jesus the Christ and inspire our brothers and our sisters to always stand tall and to use the ballot box to vote people out of office who oppose democracy and promote the big lie but then put in office the people who stand uh, who stand for freedom justice and equality for all people when God is on our side I hear God say that when you pass through the waters I will be with thee and through the rivers they will not overflow thee when you walk through the fire the fire will not burn thee neither shall the flames kindle upon thee when God is on our side, I hear David say that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell, though a host should encamp against me. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. When God is on our side, I hear the voice of God in the pages of history say God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. When God is on our side, I hear David say that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. When God is on our side, he lets us know today that I will never leave you nor forsake you. For I've seen the lightning flashing. I've heard the thunders roll. I've felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus bid me to still fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. So as I leave you today and go back to Detroit, as we honor Imam Hussein, as we remember his legacy, as we always stand against oppression and stand against injustice, I leave you now with the words of James Weldon Johnson in the Black National Anthem. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the places for which our fathers cried. We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading the path through the blood of the slaughter, out from the gloomy past till now we stand at last where the bright gleam of our bright star is cast God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou hast brought us thus far along the way. Thou who hast by thy might led us into the light. Keep us forever in the path, we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places our God where we met thee. Lest our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee. Shadow beneath thy hand, may we forever stand true to our God, true to our native land. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, 
Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. His truth is marching on.